You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 10, episode 24. I'm John, your host for this evening, and glad to be joined by Tony. How are you doing? Not too bad, how are you? Hi, good. Um, and I'm joined by Scott from the Football Blog Net. You good, Scott? I'm good, thank you, yeah. So good to have the three of us on it. This is the first time since episode 18, which seems like it's longer ago than it was, but probably not actually, maybe two or three weeks. Maybe uh, two weeks. Three weeks ago, I think. Missed two shows, I think. Aye. So, yes, plenty to talk about as always. Um, may as well kick off straight away with Europe and uh, the fortunes of Celtic and Rangers. Start with a Celtic game, seeing as it was first. What were your thoughts, Tony? Do you know what? I never expected much for the game, if I was being honest. I was going into it, Leo were top of the French League. Uh, I wasn't expecting much out of it. I thought we might get a bit of a doing, if I'm being honest. Um, but first half, I thought they played really well. Um, they'd done the simple things, which is something they haven't done um, during the last couple of games. And probably Eloisius would say he's probably had his best game. Um, Aye, once they start cracking the goals in, in the bloody Premier League, Premiership, I've got my fantasy team, he's been useless in the bloody... <laughs> there, he I, keeps on saving his goals for every other occasion. I think the 4-2-3-1 the, the, the formation really suits him well, actually, playing on that left. Uh, he, he can cut in as well. Um, he's... <clears throat> He's got in. You can see he's got, he's got in him. He's just as you, as you said, he's just too inconsistent for me. Um, he is a good player. I mean, really, he should have scored a hat trick when he was right through, but for some reason in the same half, he decided to take an extra touch and that kind of gave the defender a chance to get back. Um, but other than that, I thought he had a smashing game. Um, I thought the defence. First half looked all right, but set pieces, set pieces are a bit of a nightmare with Celtic at the minute. Um, they, they just seem to get caught away any high ball. Um, they, they don't look comfortable at all. And I think probably having that fear that maybe the defence and whatever goalkeeper is playing don't have that trust for each other, that probably doesn't help either. But midfield done good. Um, so, yeah, I thought they'd done all right, to be fair. If you'd said to me before the game, two each, I'd have taken it and a happy. See, this is the thing. This is what I always come back around to because uh, you see this a lot. And I, I think I said it actually on Twitter that before the game, you would take the draw before the game. Mm. But it's the circumstances, you know, to get 2 0 up, to get to half time and everything else. It's the, It becomes a bit of a gut, a punch to the guts that you then concede two goals. And then you're kind of thinking, well, that's an opportunity missed. They could have been huge three points had you gone had Celtic gone into France and beat Leo, a huge confidence booster. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's a very it's a very difficult kind of performance to to analyse in terms of positives. They created chances. Uh, Eleanor said I think it was probably his best game, certainly up there for his best games at Celtic. Um, I thought. Uh, Ajeti actually did better than some of the pundits, um, especially with his flick on for the goal. Um, 
there's no point hammering him for, for his link-up play and then he actually creates a goal and not point out that he's actually did really well with the link-up play. Still his first season as well. I think people forget that. I know they paid a, paid a lot of money for him, but it's still his first season. He needs to bed in to the it's way a lot of, the team It's play. a lot of pressure, Tori, when you've got Edward in, Edward out for um, COVID and stuff like that. So it's, uh, I think that that's a pressure that he, he didn't probably anticipate straight away. Um, and I, th- I think Laxalt looks good. Um, mm. Left back. So, Bain didn't fill me with confidence. I don't think he's ever truly filled me with confidence. Some of his, you know, coming to collect the ball and stuff like that just wasn't, um, I think, up to speed. Which, to be fair, he's come in from the cold a wee bit, so that's a, a partly down to that as well. Um, but two two um, in France is a good result against a very good French team for any Scottish side. Mm. It's just Celtic scored against Celtic. Yeah, well, it didn't happen when another Celtic played uh, for Rangers um, back in the day. But uh, he actually, he was probably Leo's best player, I thought, as well. Um, so he deserved his goal. Poor defenders of Dusty Road a set piece to switch off. Well, that's, yeah, and, and that's what happens in Europe. If you do switch off, you will get punished, and especially against a, a, a decent side and... You know, that's the way it panned out. It was strange how it ended the game actually, because um, when they got the equaliser, I thought, "Here we go." I think it was about fifteen minutes to go, twenty minutes or something. I was still, still a wee bit left. With the chocolate buttons out again. Well, at that point, I did. I was panicking, but both teams seemed to lose all their energy. Um, Leo, for whatever reason, I don't know. Like the energy just seemed to. It was as if they've climbed the top of the hill and that was it, getting the second goal. They were quite content to get the draw. And I think Celtic were quite content at that point to get away with the draw. So it just kind of filtered out. I think it was one of those things as well. When Weir came on, I thought, oh, here we go. He's going to come back and bite us, you know, with a winner. But uh, thankfully, never. I think sometimes the energy just to get back from two goals down to two each takes a lot out of a team. Mm. And then you're pro- they're probably worried that they could get count- uh, counter-attacked as well, so they could can't push it too much. So mm. I think they probably protected the draw. Mm. And Celtic, again, look at it as well. We don't want to lose, especially from being 2-0 up. So I think they just then started to cancel each other and became a bit protective. What did you make of the subs, Tony? Typical Lennon. He doesn't really do anything that changes the shape or anything like that. Everything is always, it seems to be like for like. Um, yeah, I mean, there was nothing memorable, really, I thought, to be honest with you. It was just a case of freshening up and sticking with affirmation. Um, yeah, that's what he does. I, I think that he, he has affirmation. He'll, he'll stick by it through thick or thin. Unless it's a brand new game, he, he never really seems to change anything during the game. Or else yeah. his back to his his back has to be against the wall quite considerably, I think. And then like it has been of late, and that's why you know before as, as Tony said, it's it's not during the game, but before a game that he's went back to the back four. His back has to be against the wall. There has to be some criticism coming from the support. 
before he thinks, right, okay, I need to actually do something here. Yeah, but because, let's be honest about it, I did not have any criticism, we'd probably still be playing 3-5-2. I mean, the only reason we're playing a 4-5-1 now is because he's, he's had the criticism about the 3-5-2. Um, so he's went back to the, the Rogers formation, basically, the 4-5-1, um, to try and get something out of the team and try and make it more stable. But where he's going to find problems going forward is that his whole summer transfer window his signings were all for three five two, because now you've got a situation where you've got Edward as your striker, and then you've got Ayeti, Kamala, and Griffiths. Now at least one of them will have to go because one of them is not going to stay at Celtic to be fourth choice striker, um, and that's where you get have a problem. Um, I don't know. I think certain games in the league he can still go four four two, and maybe just have either Ayeti or. Griffiths being asked to go a bit wide at times. I don't think he'll change formational, but because of the, this has seemingly got him out of this hole this minute in time. And I'm, made, do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not Lennon's biggest fan, as you know, but I'm made up that the teams look as if they're progressing a wee bit better now. That being said, he won't change anything because it's got him out of this hole. So he'll stick to this four-five-one regularly until something bad happens. And then when something bad happens, I think he'll revert back to 3-5-2 because you, that's his formation. But do you think it has got him out of the hole? Is it not too uh, early to say that it's got him out of the hole? It's only one win. It, it, it's got him out of the firing line for the time being. So he's, he's got a good draw away and a win in the Scottish Cup. So it's what? given him a What do you mean a win in the Scottish Cup? When was that? Well, that's <laughs> Did you miss a game, aye? aye. <laughs> but it's given him a wee bit of time um, to get something sorted. Don't get me wrong, if we give you up for Motherwell and we get a defeat against Sparta Prague, then he's 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 back, he's back in again. Um, but he's got a wee bit of time at the minute, I think. I think about like Scott, I think he'll switch things up depending on the game and depending on the playing with. You've got to consider as well. That the home squad and probably the idea of what team he wanted to play with the 3 5 2 has not been fit because you're probably looking at you would have had a back there uh, Duffy, Julian, Ayer, Edward, and somebody up front. Not the to problem. say yeah, that's the problem, is probably that you've not got someone that's going to be in there beside him. You've got Forrest to come back and different things like that. So I think depending on who he's playing, there'll mm. be maybe 3 5 2, maybe even 3 4 3 at times, different things. I think you will with that. And that's what show last season. They could adapt. Do we know what the situation is with Julian in terms of when to expect him back? No, no, no idea. I've not heard anything about. Quiet. And what um, about Ayers? Are any Ayers a growing problem? Mm-hmm. The only thing I could see about Ayers was that he was missing the game yesterday. Beyond that, I've not seen anything else. I don't know whether you've seen anything more, Tony, or. No, I've not heard anything more about it. All I've heard is it's been a groin issue. So I'm um, imagining he'll miss probably the next two games and then pulled out the Norway situation and maybe be back for after um international stage. So that's two games possibly without Ayer and Julian. And then you've got, um, who, who you know, is it Beaton and... Well, it'd be, it'd be Beaton, Duffy. Um, Duffy and... Welsh, obviously. The, the, the problem that you've got with that, if you're playing three at the back with A3, 
is you've got one centre-half, who is a centre-half, one who's a defensive mid, and the other one's like a utility player. That's the only problem that you have. But he's got to, he's got to play. He's got to, he's not going to play three. He's got to play with two. But even then, you're still makeshift. And I think Beaton's fine up until a point. Mm. But if you continually play him there, you suddenly find that he's not got the concentration levels or sometimes the ability against a really good strike force or a really good striker. And, you know, that could maybe come to fruition against Sparta Prague. I don't know. No, you're right because I think it was only about a couple of seasons ago that I think a lot of Celtic fans were cracking up because Beaton was playing in defence um, when we had injuries and people were demanding to get like a set of half sorted or what have you. If you remember, it was all during that Boyata period where Boyata didn't want to travel um, for a European game, I think it was, and there was the kind of fallout over that. So Beaton was playing this part to the to um, the back four at, at that point. Um, Beaton's okay, but I don't think it's somebody you can rely on going forward um, with. Um, I think it's, it's just a case of just trying to get these players back ASAP, to be honest with you, uh, and see how we go from there. Jenk, it needs to be six points out of six against Sparta to have any chance of going through. Aye, definitely. Um, to be fair, if we, if we can't beat Sparta home or away, but I don't think they deserve to qualify because uh, I think looking at the Sparta they look the, not the weakest but the team you'd be challenging for third or fourth um, place um, so I, I think I don't, I, don't, I don't think it has to be six out of six um, and I, for the reason why it would be dependent on what happens in the, the Milan-Leo situation so say Milan wins two games on the trot Celtic have still got Leo to come to Celtic Park, so it doesn't become vital that they get, you know, I would say they have to get four points out of Sparta Prague and then, you know, have a, another win in the next two games, whether it's Leo or AC Milan. Um, and then I think that's a problem, though. Would you, mm. would you be hopeful of a win against either of those two? I think you get, try and get the Leo, six against Leo Sparta. Home. And then exactly. at Leo, I think even the Leo game at home, you're then getting maybe a slight possible safety net of a draw might be all right if Milan beat Lee in both games. Can Celtic, can Celtic ever play for a draw? It's one team that I can't see ever. I don't think they really. can, but you've got to fall back on the draw. They'd play for the win, mm. but at least if you get the draw, you might you probably still be all right. You... What Celtic, what's Celtic want ideal is for AC Milan to run away with that league. Yeah. To win it out of sight, that, that's that, they're gone, so you know they're through. So it's in that one place left. Now they've drawn uh, with Leo, okay, so they've got a, a point apiece between them out of that. What do they then want? I think, I, I think, I'm, I'm with you, John. I think they need to get the six points to have that good cushion, uh, give them seven points going in, um, and then hopefully Leo, uh, Get beat off at AC Milan and get beat off at us. The only thing that could fling the whole thing all up in the air is if somehow Sparta Prague started picking up points. Well, the pick up points against you, it's a big problem, I think. Yeah. Or, or alternatively, Leo have got uh, enough ability whereby they could get us out against Milan. Yeah. Leo are second in the French league just now. Milan are maybe having a wee bit of a slight renaissance just now, but bear in mind, Milan weren't particularly great last season. Mm. Um, 
So I think the group's very much still up in the air. I think you're, you're kind of benefiting from Sparta Prague not having a lot of kind of league games penciled in. They're having, you know, what was it, the third of uh, October was the last time they played a league game. So uh, since then they get four one against AC Milan. They lost eh, against Lille. They lost and then three mm-hmm. 0 to to Milan. So you know, I, 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 that reckoning Celtic definitely can get six points. I just don't think it's absolutely vital as long as AC Milan get six points in their two games. All depends what Celtic turn up for the Sparta Prague games as well, especially the home game. Um, if they play like they did against Ferenc Varos, then it could, it could be a nightmare. Or they could turn up and have a good game. You yeah. know, you just like they did against Hibs, but you we'll just need to and see. Aye, we'll move across the other end of the city anyway. Rangers are at home to like Poznan. I think a lot of people had Rangers as being comfortable winners in this game. However, it was not comfortable, I wouldn't say. I watched it like Poznan were stuffy, organised, had the odd wee chance here and there. Um, I don't think Rangers were at their best. However, they did enough to get through. We said get together as out. We said last week, John, that that would could be a possibility that that people were kind of overlooking Poznan. But again, it kind of shows the highlight of Gerard as Rangers manager in Europe that it was an uncomfortable performance, but they still managed to get that goal and that clean sheet. That gets them three points, valuable three points going into the double header against Benfica. That you know, you know, we said that Poznan said that they would come over and they would take the, the game to Rangers, and they did to a certain, certain extent, but it still wasn't enough. And then that makes it harder for Poznan at home if they think, well, that was our best. How are we going to beat them? You know, so it, it, it's a kind of mental victory there for Rangers and it also kind of highlights the success that Gerrard's had at Rangers in Europe that they've still got that three points. Yeah, I think much as Poznan uh, were stuffy and organised they didn't really trouble Rangers much in the final third, that was a big thing but that's, you can say that for most teams just now Rangers are just resilient in the back, whoever the, plays there whatever combination it is it was a good goal as well from Morelos to equal uh, Alvin Koy's European record. Um, you know, to get that wee tiny bit of space in, in the box and to put his, his chance was great. And again, it shows you the kind of real success of Rangers' season built on the, the two fullbacks. Um, so it's a funny one because, as I say, it's a bit like Celtic in terms of if you analyse the performance, wasn't the greatest performance, but they, unlike Celtic, they got the actual positive result that they wanted. So you kind of forget the performance slightly. I that plays Gerard Poy as much as a great performance in a way. Yeah, it shows resilience and it shows in Europe that they can produce that performance but still get a victory. And it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible performance, but it just wasn't of the standard that they've become accustomed to. Yeah. And I suppose, again, Rangers managed to rotate again, get the victory again, which is more pleasing they continue to do. Well, exactly. You, you, you also look at the players that came in um, and then shuffled it again for, for the weekend. And it shows that Rangers do have more strength and depth than they've had in previous seasons. 
for just I was playing not much to say about the game. The only thing I can remember of note from the game apart from the goal was Roof's overhead kick. Yeah, but like he took that away from Ryan Kent. That should have probably he should have left that um, for Ryan Kent coming in. Um, but as a striker, it's you're, you're going to try, and, especially after the goal he scored the week previously. He's always got to try that effort. I mean, I, I never saw the game, but um, if I was a Rangers fan, I'd be absolutely over the moon at the minute. Um, European games, because I think. If you do well in Europe, I think it gives you confidence with league games as well, because it gives you this kind of feeling that European games are a step above Scottish league fixtures, and I think you get this feeling that yeah, we're going in the right direction, we feel strong, we feel we can beat teams, and you know, I mean, Rangers fans must be absolutely buzzing at the moment with regards to what's going on. Especially when you think it was in a long ago, you know, they had all the issues um, with progress and Keisha when he was in charge and what have you. So, I, you, you got to give it to them. They're fan, they look a fantastic team in Europe. They're well organised. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they're like against Benfica. I think that'll probably be one of the biggest tests so far. Um, and yeah, I think that'll be a really good game to watch. Benfica is going to be the yardstick. Um, they've kind of got good, two good convincing results in their previous two games in Europe, uh, Benfica. Although at, at, at the moment, just before halftime, they're losing away to Boa Vista 2-0. Um, so it will be kind of interesting to see how Rangers perform uh, against Benfica in that aspect because that they, they were the team... When all the team, when all the teams came out the hat in that group, that was the one that I think Gerard would have fancied. Right, okay, let's let's see how good we really are. Um, that they were going to be the, the kind of favourites for the group, I think. Um, so, you know, they've got good players: uh, Alex Grimaldo, you know, Jan Vertonghen, uh, the new guy Garrett. signed, Darwin Nunes from Almira. He's the the next big Uruguayan striker, supposedly. So yeah, he's he's the number nine. You've got Harris Serovic who scores goals in the the Swiss forward. So um, it's just saying uh, to Debo from Barcelona, the defender, uh, Pizzi who gets goals from midfield. So they've got they've got a capable squad. It's just you know can Rangers tame that squad and that team? And I, I think it will be an intriguing game. It's a shame because I've mentioned before, um, it's probably one of the best stadiums I've ever visited. So it's a shame that the Rangers fans can't actually go over there to, to enjoy it because it is, it's a cracking stadium um, to do the, even just to do the tour um, and go around it. And it's it's beautiful. It really, really is nice. And as I said, this is one of the best stadiums I've ever visited. And it's a shame that unfortunately we got this COVID, uh, the fans can't go over and travel to. What do we think of Rangers' chances on Thursday? Draw, I think. I think. I think we'd be happy with draw. I think, yeah. If you, if you offer them a draw just now, they would take it. Um, yeah, I, I think being being in Lisbon and the first couple of results Benfica have had in the group, I think they would take a, take their hand off for a draw. 
But I think they want to be they want to be competitive. I think it will be based on what they've done before in the mm. last couple of years. But it's been confirmed now by UEFA that the Scotland are getting the two places. So whoever wins the league will be in the third qualifying round and whoever finishes second will be in the second qualifying round. Right. And Scottish Cup winners, they go into Euro- Europa League third qualifying round. And then the teams who finish third and fourth in the league go into Europa Conference League. So it's interesting that the Scottish Cup winners are getting preference over the two league. Teams. I don't know. I've got to say what happens if one of the top two get Celtic or Rangers. I don't know what the circumstances are. Don't say there. Celtic or Rangers. We don't know that they'll finish the top two. Come well, on, John. Aberdeen can still get there. Well, if we could do, but at the moment, going by the, just going by the top two teams that are there. Um, so I, so that's confirmed. What used to happen is so the two things you used to do was if you remember back in the day was the cup runners up used to qualify. Um, or it would go to the fifth best team in the league. Aye, but they scrapped so, the runners up then because they thought you're basically rewarding failure. Well, they'll need to do one of the two. And league it'll either be the fifth best team, or if it's like, say, for example, a team that's already qualified who wins it, or there's two teams, I would imagine. We'll bring on the Europa Conference League anyway. Maybe we are team we'll get to the group stages of the tournament for the first time mm. in the So, see what happens. Um, aye, the weekend. Obviously, only seen three matches in terms of the league. Motherwell continuing their recent form. Tony Watts going again. Yeah. He's, I'm, I'm happy for him because they made a good point about it on sports in there. Um, he doesn't want to be known as the player scored against Barcelona or his career. He wants to obviously try and get away from that and have a career where he's remembered for scoring goals as opposed to Ego. Um, so two weeks in a row, he scored. Yeah, it looks like they're coming into a, a wee bit of form, to be honest with you. Um, they've got the other boy. Um, is it Lang? Yeah. Oh, Lang? Is it the player yeah. uh, plays for them? Um, he's seemingly coming into a wee bit of form as well. Um, so I, I'm always a bit, I'm a bit confused with Monaco because like, they're a very much a Jekyll and Hyde team. They look sometimes like they can do really well. And then they could go on a bad wee run. And you can see like the fans all wanting Robinson out. And then they'll go on a good wee run again. Um, so, aye. Um, they look like a good wee place this minute in time, other well. Interestingly, they seem to be better since the loss of David Turnbull. Aye. I, I think for Motherwell, I, I think Turnbull, unfortunately, kind of unbalanced them slightly um, towards the end of his career. No fault of his own, but I think they'd already kind of worked out that he was leaving and kind of had a kind of settled approach and then he came back into the team and then that kind of unsettled things. Then he left and, you know, that brought a wee bit of stability again. But I think when it's the kind of stability is back from defence, we've become more solid again in defence. And then that gives, that's breathing confidence to attack teams. I think they created more chances to go down the left. I like uh, Paul Worth and Cole. I think they've, they worked well together. Um, I said about what uh, Tony Watt last week. It has to be consistency. There's, you know, I, I, I also mentioned the, the Barcelona goal and how he wants to kind of not be known for that. But it has to produce performances on a consistent basis for people to kind of reward them with um, more compliments. And I think he was, again, very energetic. He looks, as we discussed uh, previously, he's 
fitness looks a lot better, looks a lot sharper. Um, I thought Lang took his goal well, controlled the ball, finished the, into the back of the net. Quite a nice finish. So, yeah, I think whether we are really heading into the top six if they keep that form up. Um, it, it, it's Livingston was it was an interesting one because they were poor. Um, there, there, there wasn't enough fight in them from the get go, and Gary Holt said it from his interview. It was a poor game all all in, but. They just didn't create anything. They didn't get a hold of the ball and do enough with it. Um, and I think it's going to be a big game uh, the next get one out there against Ross County because both of those teams could be heading for a relegation battle if they don't kind of find their way again pretty soon. And again, they can say that Livingston is a lack of goals. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to say about Livingston. I was surprised that. They can the goals that they conceded, um, they just I don't know they were they just seemed quite lacklustre of being at home because they built up this reputation this season of being a hard te- hard team to beat at home, and they, I don't know they, they just they, they didn't look great to be honest. I mean, I know sometimes it's not the best to judge by sports scenes um, highlight package, but it doesn't seem to be anything. Great about them. I mean, at times look like Motherwell were carving them up, um, especially as you say with Lang, Cole, um, and Waterfront. They, they they seem to be having the ball all the time, um, and they just seem to be getting chances. So I was a wee bit surprised at how Livy played. Change of keeper as well. McCrory didn't he play Strychek. What, what was that for? Was, was he injured? The other keeper. I was on the bench, McCrory. Mm-hmm. So maybe just changing the knob just to see. Yeah, I, I don't think McCrory's been sensational. Um, you know, kind of looking forward, uh, I would expect him to drop out. Craig Gordon to come back into the Scotland squad uh, for Slovakia. Uh, I think sometimes you just, as you say, you do that just to freshen things up, just to see if that's one of your your kind of issues that. That's your problem. I don't think it particularly is for Livingston. I think we've nailed it on the head. You know, it is goals, um, which is the same for quite a few of the teams in the Premiership. It is going to be who can they consistently score enough goals to get victories? Aye, uh, we're sounding like a broken record when we talk about these teams, but the problem is that the, the record is stuck that these teams aren't scoring. So, and the fans know, of these teams know that themselves. They're the first ones telling you on Twitter and Facebook and everything else. So. I think I mean, as well, the big thing will be is when it comes to January, the window opening, all these teams are in the same struggling position. They'll be after the same kind of things. What I would and, say, though, is some teams maybe have the strikers, but they've not got the service. That's the problem. So it's not always a striker that's going to help you out. It's going to be maybe someone in midfield, a playmaker, a light player. But that's easier to fix. What is In the transfer window, it's easier to fix. In my opinion, it's easier to fix the supply than it is the actual yeah. finish. So I I definitely. If, you, if you've got a couple of strikers, or even if you've got one that you know can, will get you goals, then especially in a, a, a January transfer window, it's easier to fix bringing in a playmaker or somebody wide or, you know, whoever's just not playing for their team 
than it is to get somebody who's going to definitely score goals. I think as as well, I mean, it may just be the Motherwell have got Livy's number because I think looking at the stats, I mean, Motherwell, have only, so Livy have only been Motherwell once in the last seven games. So, you know, I mean, league, for, league fixtures anyway. So, it may well be that... The Motherwell must see something in these players because they then bring them into Motherwell. Mm-hmm. Is, well, we, talked, we, we talked about at the start of the season was that Livy maybe it was a season too much in terms of the players they lost in this summer there. Because mm-hmm. the previous season, when they lost, the players were saying they're going to struggle, they're going to struggle. And yet, they finished with seven in the end of last season. Um, they they found they, a they found a gem in Dykes and they've not replaced Dykes unfortunately no. quite yet and that's that's a big issue for them. So the other games, Ross County will be at Dundee United. Dundee United, yep, and Dundee United remember to to score. <laughs> I've been saying all season about Dundee United. Um, from day one, I, I they've they've got massive problems. The way he's got them set up, the manager is it's basically defend the first, keep try and keep a clean sheet, and then try and hit teams in the breakaway. Um, I've heard like a few Dundee United fans are not happy about the way that they're playing. Um, it's quite defensive and negative. The only thing you can say is getting them kind of results because I think they're sixth at the minute, are they not in the league? Or something like that, they're sixth or seventh in the league. Um, so they're all right for the promoted team. That's Mickey Mellon pointed out the weekend. I don't see, I don't see the, the, I don't see the same problems. It's they're fifth in the league and what they've got. The other teams, like we mentioned Livingston, St Johnston, is that they've got players who will, if they get a chance, put it in the back of the net. You know, you've got uh, Clark and Shankland. I don't know Shankland's not really set Premiership elite as yet, but and they know what they're good at. That's the thing. People go on about they want to see this, they want to see that, they want to see entertaining football and all the rest of it. But see if you roll that you could put in a diagonal ball from a set piece, win the first header and create a chance and take some of those chances, then go with it. Do what's good for you. And that's what both goals came from that. I know there was a penalty, eh, absolutely ridiculous handball because they've not cleared the, the, the ball before when they should have and they've miscontrolled it and he's hit his hand. But that's all, again, came from a diagonal ball into the box from a set piece. And the defence, and this is Ross County's problem, is they've got absolutely zero confidence at the moment by lots of things. And that's why they couldn't clear that ball, because Vigers just didn't have it in them to, to, to actually control it and clear it. With it's his schoolboy stuff. You don't yeah. want to bounce in the box. Yeah, and, and you can see Kettlewell was fuming that they conceded two st- stupid, silly goals. But, you know, that's what happens in that when your your team's just not at the races and they've not been for a while. Um, the lapses of concentration will just get picked up on. And, you know, I think the biggest benefit Ross County have got in that game is that they at least score the goal. And that stops that wee rot from continuing. 
but you know they have to be concerned um, and rightly concerned that they're dropping down that league and they're not scoring enough goals. And now that the defensively the lapses of concentration and silly mistakes are creeping in, and it's you know if, if we're looking at it, you know Paulet should have scored. He had a he had a chance just before half time, and he has to take his foot and arch it and curl it further into the corner rather than you know it's kind of tame effort in the end. It's went past the post. I've got no issues with the United. They've, they're, they're playing with what they've got, and it's working to a certain extent. That's keeping them in the top six. I think the problem that you have, and I understand what you're saying, and I agree to that to an extent, but you've got a pro, you've got a player like Shankland, where, who I think is not being utilised properly by them. They, they, they don't seem to have any attacking threat at all. And it's okay when you're getting results like this. And I'll always say this, it's great if you're getting results or points. But once things start to turn and you're not getting any points in the bag, whether it be a draw or a free kick goal or, or, or an away win from out of nothing, and you start going on a run, that's where the problem starts to kick in because you can get out of that way of playing football. Because everything's all set up to be defensive. There's not a plan B or what have you. Um, Ross County, exactly the same. They're in the same problem, uh, to be honest with you. Um, they don't have a player they can play the ball out to to get them goals. Um, what I'll say about Ross County is they do try and play. But the problem with Ross County is when they play, they haven't got the same quality of players as Dundee United have got. So that leaves them wide open. Whereas Dundee United have got decent players that can maybe stop that. Especially at home, I think Dundee United could probably attack more um, and get and get higher up in the league. Um, that's just in the league. I know, but they're, they're fifth in the league now, right? They're in a good position now because they've, they've got results. But I'm telling you, if, if they start going on a run, but they can start scoring goals. They'll free fall. Like Ross County. At the beginning of the season, everybody was saying, look at Ross County. Wow, they look amazing. And after everybody said that, I don't in think one In you can say that about any team pretty much in the league. So, I mean, if, if every, any team goes in a rut and they stop scoring, then they're going to go falling down the league. Be different then. Be different. Be creative. Have a wee bit something about you. Be a wee bit braver. You've got a man like Shanklin there who can score you goals. But, they're still, but they're still finding their feet in the league. And Shanklin's probably not fit enough to really be his sharpest. And he has to listen. Shanklin has to prove himself in this league. That's there's no ifs or buts about it. He's not done it yet in this league, so it's up to him to to, to prove it. Um, and I think what he has seen uh, Mickey Mellon with uh, Clark is that he's a bit more industrious, and he still pops in with some goals, important goals. So. It's, you know, I, th- I think it's hard to be too critical of a side that is fifth in the league and who can defend. I think we've seen against Celtic that they can actually defend as long as they are fully switched on. I can certainly see both points. What I would say is that from fifth down... Well done, sitting at a fence there. Well done. I know, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll call both sides, but I would say from <laughs> fifth down the table, it's very fine margins in terms of the differences between these teams and possibly as you say Tony maybe if teams are a bit more positive they might get results 
as opposed to maybe being too defensively orientated. However, the but last there's four, games, there's four teams, the there's last four teams. games, Dundee United have picked up five points out of three, which and, uh, is by far the best um, uh, outside the top four. And there's four teams below them that have scored less goals. I don't do United haven't been great for goals either, though. So no, they haven't been great for goals. But there's four teams that you know they've actually scored less. So it's not as if you know we're, we're talking that we're hammering that they have to be a bit more creative, a bit more tap minded. But they're still not, you know, even bottom two when it comes to goals scored. So these other teams must not be creating and not scoring goals to to an even greater extent. You leave that for me we've, for next week. We've covered, we've covered Ross County. Ross, last week we spoke about Ross County. Their problem is, as well as conceding so many, they do have the strikers that can score, but they don't have the creativity. So they need the, the playmaker, white type player that's going to give them that. Dundee United, again, I've got the strikers that will score your goals. I have to get the creativity there. Paul, it's not quite the play he was. Aside from that, who's giving you your, your creativity in the team? I think that I think that's probably just that product of the league. There's no many teams probably aside from the top two that have got actual playmakers as such. I think Ross County still rely on Garden a lot. I think he's what age is he now? 33, 34? Michael Garden? I think Aubel, you know, to try and create something or to do something a wee bit spectacular. Um, other than that, I mean, I'm just looking kind of at their team now. I mean, on paper, I mean, Ollie Shaw, he, he's he's a decent enough striker. You've got Mackay. We spoke about Mackay before. I, I just I don't know what I think of Mackay anymore because he's not getting the goals. I don't know if, it's, if they're making him be that kind of link-up play more than the poacher that he used to be. Um, but he's he's certain, unfortunately not getting the goals. Um, for them, so I they they really do struggle. They've got the other lad, um, Stuart, as well, but yeah, nothing seems to be working. They were actually doing better early in the season when Stuart was playing like in a midfield type position, mm. as opposed to up front. Yeah, he was behind. He was behind the striker because he was a bit more difficult to deal with. But, that's maybe where Ollie Shaw once he you know gets more starts and things could then give Stuart a bit more of a deeper role and that could be a, a, a turning point for them. But, you know, they, they need to try and change things up quickly. I, I like the guy Reagan Charles Cook. I mean, I've only ever, as I said, seen the highlights of him, but he looks like someone that does give you 100% and he, he gets in about places, you know, with regards to, like, putting tackles in and being at the edge of box and putting crosses in. Um, he seems to be a decent enough player, um, but it's whether or not they can get that kind of performance out on week in, week out um, is, is probably something they're probably having difficulty with. Yeah. I'm trying to remember now who I tipped to go down automatically. I mean, was it maybe Ross County? No, Hamilton. I was Hamilton. Oh, no. Don't back <laughs> it. Don't, you don't bet Hamilton to go down. That doesn't happen. Yeah, this is a year. Right. No, they want Hamilton to go down. I mean, lovely little club, but I wouldn't want them to go down. Um, but um, I think this may be the year. Um, so Sunday saw only one league fixture, Kilmarnock against Rangers. I would say, despite the scoreline just being one out of Rangers, it was not far off on my traffic. 
Yeah, I think Kilmarnock didn't do enough in the final third. Um, they looked okay when they had possession, but when it gets to the Rangers half, it, they just seemed to lose a bit of uh, imagination and a bit of um, urgency. Um, I think thing that sticks out, Kabamba tried to buy a penalty like Harry Kane did, but obviously not being the England captain, didn't work for him. Um <laughs> So, yeah, there's no clear-cut chances as far as I'm concerned for command. They had a good free kick towards the end, uh, which was saved. Um, but the, they defended too deep, and I think that's what caught them out um, for, the, for the goal, um, for the penalty. Are you getting confused, like Tony did the other week, with Kabamba and uh, Tispola? Because it was Tispola that went down. Was it Dispola? I thought it's. Yep. I thought the. Uh, Don't worry about the Scottish. He's done. I thought Spol- <laughs> No, but I thought Spolsey had said it was Kabamba. Not Dispola. No, Dispola. No, whoever it was isn't Harry Kane. That's the the, the main the main point. Uh, We're all Kabamba. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think Rangers will be happy with the victory. I think that again puts more pressure on Celtic. Um, now they've got a couple of games in hand to then try and take away that nine-point gap. Um, and, you know, the, the thing is, Rangers never get the same tempo on plastic. Um, and it was the same, I thought it was the same yesterday. I think they were slow in transition than they usually are. But to come away with a victory um, at Rugby Park's never easy. Just ask Celtic. So to keep a clean sheet and to kind of bosh the game as much as they did, um, I think Gerard would be happy with kind of resilient performance. I thought Aribo looked dangerous, um, but he just needs to step up again. Aribo, I think he can be a, a real difference maker, a bit like I, um, a bit like Kent is at Rangers, if he can just step up again. Yeah, uh, he's just part from fitness as well, so I think he's still picking up fitness and picking up games. But uh, yeah, Aribo's a good player, definitely a good asset. Should Kilmarnock revert back to Brophy and Kabamba up front of his working? Yeah, I suppose against Rangers, I can see why they didn't go with the two of them up there. Um, but I would certainly do that for more often than not. Yeah, I, don't think the, I think against Hibs as well. But the last few games, it's just been Kabamba up front himself. Yeah, as I say, I would have the two of them if it was me, personally. Tony, what do you think? It, seemed, it seemed to work for them the, the, I say the early part of the season, um, the first couple of weeks, because they were getting results. Um, I mean, I, I remember, obviously, the, the problems Kabamba gave um, Big Julian um, when we played there. Um, and obviously, I, I like Brophy as a player. I think he's got something about him. He's a menace. It's, it's one of those things where... if if you have faith in your attacking players to go ahead and, and do something, or we might have done the United and just defend, sit back, and, and hopefully you get a good breakaway. Kilmarnock, to be fair to them, have been quite attacking this season. Um, you know, they've had Buck playing well um, for them, and obviously they've got the likes of the boy Power in the middle of the park, who, who just seems to like neutralise anything um, and gives a the attack the attack has an opportunity to, to attack. Um so I, I I'd probably go back to having Brophy and Kabamba up front. 
but um, it's what, what if a die thinks is, is going to be the best option for them, to be honest with you, because he might see something that's obviously creating a, a gap or a hole when they're attacking at, at the back. But I, I, I think they look better with the two of them up front. I think Kilmarnock can get away with playing two up front because they've got Powell and Dicker. Because Powell and Dicker aren't exactly guys that are going to be getting in the box much. They're going to probably sit. So when they are sitting, they're protecting the back four, if it's going to be a back four. Uh, with that. The other thing as well, I think they've got maybe a slight issue. It's just the, maybe the lack of experience at fullback. With Millen and Waters, it gave Waters a pretty tough game. Um, yesterday, and I think maybe they need a wee bit more there. They've obviously suffered from, I know Greg Taylor's not been there for a while, but they were pretty strong in the full-back positions with Taylor and O'Donnell, and it's something that's probably not been addressed. Because mm. um, last year they had Emma Lyon, who I thought was a good player, uh, but they couldn't get him back from QPR. So. I think the problem with clubs like Kilmarnock is when they sell a player like Taylor, who has been good for them, they get the money, but it's hard then to spend that money to get someone of a decent quality um, into the club. Because um, easily they could go out and spend something and get a, another left back in. But would he be as good? Then you, you don't really know. Um, how many times have we seen in the past clubs have got money from buying something and they bought someone else? And you just think, you know, it's just a waste of time, whoever that player is. So they obviously. I've got a good setup where they kind of look at all the options and they see what's around. So I would imagine when the um, winter transfer window pops up, um, not nobody MD big, but I can see them strengthening their squad, to be honest with you, just because of what you were saying, but they seem to be short, especially in the fullback positions. I think Kamala always seem a bit short in depth. Mm. In special certain positions, um, it was striker last season, right at the start of last season as well. So you know, I think for some clubs, especially in certain budgets, it is hard to to kind of cover that area, certain areas um, fully. But I would expect them to go out maybe strengthen um, with one or two new faces to freshen things up more than anything else as well. Um, but I was wondering what you thought. Of the, probably the biggest negative for Rangers of the weekend, and that would be the Jordan Jones and George Edmondson situation, and the COVID lockdowns being uh, regulations being kind of flouted. The thing that I'm shocked about is that there was parties in the West End. That's shocking. <laughs> yeah, they would have been port, port, and sherry and. All sorts of just... now, now everyone knows what house it was as well, so you know where to go if you want a party the West End. <laughs> <laughs> that for me that George Jones has just totally ruined his Rangers career. Um he got back into favour with Gerard and to do that I think is just the most ridiculous thing to ever you know, why why he would allow himself to be put into that position is beyond me. And I think Kira will prove to Steven Gerrard they just can't trust him. Edmondson will probably get a wee bit more out of it. Mm. Um, but even then, he's already struggling for game time. He has to really work hard to get back into the good books. But I don't think whatever Jordan Jones does now, I don't think he'll get back into the, the Rangers team. I think the issue I have with the 
um, is they've seen all the furrow that went over ball and goalie in the Aberdeen eight, you know, and they know about social media and they know about if you have, God almighty, a karaoke in your, outside in your garden by yourself that somebody will report on it. You know, I mean, I've been social media in about five minutes. Is that you giving a wee secret into your weekend activities? <laughs> uh, I don't like to boss, but I'm above a, you know what I mean, above a Neil Diamond at heart. Um, but as as also, that, that well, bloody song you play when you score a goal. What one's that? You know, fine well. We've got many entourage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but in all seriousness, um, I, I, just, I just think, I, I don't know what's going through their heads when they're hosting or something like that, after everything that's gone on previously. Um, I've heard people saying there should be points deducted and all that kind of nonsense and you know, it's like like fans. Fans. Uh, well, yeah, Sailor Crowns and a mixer. But I don't think that should be, that's not right. I think well, no, they're quite right. There's a there's a present president that's been set that Rangers will get fined or should get fined. Um, yeah. I know people will say that Rangers came out and quickly acted upon it um, before um, it became any any sort of issue, but. That's because they knew that that story was getting leaked to the press because they both got obviously fined for it. Well, and this is that. As um, you say, what, social media, social media is prevalent so much that it was always going to come out. Uh, the players probably owned up to it. I would imagine because they got caught by the police. Oh. Yeah. Aye, that's um, that because my my concern is this: if I was a Rangers fan, would be that I. <laughs> I don't fully accept that if Rangers hadn't have caught them, they would have owned up to it. No, I, okay. I think they, they quite happily would have done the training, and then it would have came out say on Wednesday, and then you've got a situation where Rangers would have to postpone games, um, European games, because obviously the whole squad's been training. Um, you don't know who, if it's been contacted and all that kind of thing. And I think as a Rangers fan, I'd be really annoyed because the team's going so well with the manner. Yeah. There's been no distractions. And then you've got these two doing that in the middle of a European campaign where they're flying and also a league campaign where they're flying. And I think that's the thing that would probably annoy me the most out of it all. Jordan's just starting to get a wee bit of game time again. Yeah. Occasionally. Yeah. See, Jordan Jones should have looked at what happened to Carol Lafferty at Rangers the second time round under Gerard mm-hmm. and seen that as his warning. You have to... What the manager says, you do. You keep the manager happy. You don't piss about. You don't get into stupid challenges. You don't get into stupid off-the-field incidents. And he's clearly just not learned his lesson from the Celtic game last season. And he got back in where it looked as if he was out in the cold and he wasn't going to go back in at all. He got back in and he did. You know, I, I've, I said this at the, the start of the season. He has got a lot about him that's good in terms of his play and it can help Rangers. But if you can't rely on him to not be an idiot off the pitch and do certain stupid things, mm-hmm. like get caught up in a, a, with the police because you're going into a party when everybody in the country knows that you can't be going to a party, then you know you're going to get you're going to get sold. You're going to get 
he's got you know loaned out. Whatever happened to Ball and Goal is going to happen to you, and that's what's you know, as for far as I'm concerned, that's what's going to happen to him. He's going to get sent away. I think as well, if you're a footballer for a high-profile club and you're at a party, it's almost certain that someone at the party is going to say, "Oh, by the way, you'll never guess who I was at a party with at the weekend." Aye. So it's good. You know, there's no way of keeping these things secret. And you know, in Glasgow, you're two people away from the other team. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you say it to one person, he says it to somebody else, and that other person's going to be supporting the other team. So that that's how it works in Glasgow. Everybody, you know, everybody's friends with everybody. It's the whole reason why that Celtic, I don't know about Rangers, but Zoom Rangers are very much the same, where they stopped doing a lot of the social functions they used to do. So, you know yourself, like, you've got all the supporters buses that go to the games, and historically in the past, what used to happen was the end of season dance would happen um, in the supporters bus, and Celtic would normally send a player or something to the event to represent Celtic to say thank you. And then it got to a point where Celtic, I think, kind of put a bit of a KO on it um, for a lot of dances because you've got situations where songs that were sung that weren't correct, shall we say, and players who probably didn't know what was getting sung were just sitting there, maybe not knowing anything, or like mumbling away to themselves, kidding on, singing the songs, don't know the words, and they're getting caught on camera. Um so it's it's very similar to that aspect where the sense of social media now anything you do it's not kept in house like it used to be back in the nineties, you know. Um, and players should be a bit savvy. This a lot of the players that play now have been brought up in this social media world. It's not like they, they were playing to, in the thirties and all of a sudden social media's kicked in. And they've all just been caught out by it. Social media's been been with us now for at least ten years. It's just a standard. Some footballers thinking that they're above the law and can get away with things. Mm. And we know fine well at this stage it won't be the last situation where no. we we said it back when there was the Aberdeen case, the Celtic case, the Commodic case. There'll be plenty of these cases, I'm pretty sure, throughout the season. You had the Dundee United boy in the taxi. We had, uh, we had that, yeah. You had uh, the, Lee, the Lee Griffiths, the birthday party, I think it was. Uh, we've got St Mirren, obviously, under investigation yeah. as well. They've, they've probably forgotten how to play football. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's not like it's like just one club that it's happening to. Um, I think it just needs to try and get reined in a wee bit. I do sympathise with the clubs because the clubs can only do so much. And I, I always say that because even with regards to fan behaviour, I do generally believe clubs can only do so much. It's then left to the trust of the individuals. Um, but I just I, I just don't know what what, would, what we can do other than, I don't know, you start banning them for games or something, for breaking COVID rules and... Um, well, that's effectively that's effectively what's happened in this case is that they've been suspended for two weeks, so they're obviously banned. For the, and it's easy for Rangers to do that in this case because both players aren't first-team starters. Mm. Um, you know, but then maybe this season, nobody's a, a guaranteed first-team starter for Rangers, so if anybody did it, they would have the same consequences because you would think maybe Morelos, but Morelos is no longer, you know, as dependent upon as he was in the past. 
suppose they're probably just hoping their fullbacks aren't there, aren't they? Some mm. COVID swaries. Yeah. So we unfortunately we've been talking for so long we can't talk about the Scottish Cup semi-finals. So uh, we'll just move on to the the lowly guy. <laughs> um, so Saturday, sort of Edinburgh derby. Uh, Sunday saw Aberdeen and Celtic. We ran a couple of polls with regards to who would come out on top. Um, Saturday's game, only 21% thought Hearts would come out on top. And I said last week, Hearts, in this podcast. You did, that, you? that was your heart, as opposed to your head, I think, maybe. I know maybe not your heart, but... I, I, think, I just had a suspicion. I think, I think that, they sat a bit defence. I mean, it could be Hibs, it could be Hearts. <laughs> I'd like the Hearts Aberdeen final. I, I said, I said, I said, <laughs> I said he got both, there in the end, didn't he? <laughs> I said both, both underdogs. I said both underdog. I fancied the wee kind of underdog final, and it got kind of got half right. It's just unfortunately for you, it wasn't the right half turn. Aye, I, I, we, we can maybe talk about Saturday, but Sunday, aye, Sunday, we'll no matter you talk about that. Um, I only call, I think, maybe the last half hour or so and extra time, but I think I probably caught the best part of the game. Yeah, I, I, I think it was probably tentative uh, is the best description before before that. But Hibs must hate playing Hearts and um, Hamden. Yeah, there's... Hamden. Not even, not even just Hamden. You think about all the times the Hibs have, have had a big game against Hearts. Even going as, as far back, I seen the boys from the View for the Terrace were saying like that time when they were get, get relegated, um, Hearts and Hibs had the big party and everything. Hearts beat them. You, yeah. you, you forget you cup semi-finals and you know when I was when I was a kid growing up. I mean, I think Hibs went through that phase where. They never won for something like 36 games or 32 games or something. They went a huge, huge amount of time uh, in the 80s and early 90s when they never won a derby. Um, I just I just don't know what happens to Hibs. I don't know if it's some sort of mindset um, that, that maybe the thought of getting beat is more worrying or more in the head than the thought of winning. I don't I think, think Hibs like to be uh, favourites. Yeah, but I think... Hearts aren't um, your usual championship side either. I think, you know, the key performances from their veteran players like Craig Gordon, as I say, I would have him back in the Scotland squad. Um, well, it's breaking, I suppose, he's going to be in the squad tomorrow. Yeah, so that makes sense. Um, vintage performance from him, some cracking saves. Um, you had Naismith and Boyce putting in a performance as well. And I think... That's the kind of thing that people kind of forget when it, I think we're talking about this game, is that, that Hearts, one, had something to prove to the rest of Scottish football. Um, they want to get these kind of revenge missions, plus they've actually got a very capable squad. It's probably could finish conceivably in the top six. Tony? In the Scottish Premiership this season, had they been here and with Robbie Nielsen in charge? Definitely. I mean, you, you look at their squad. I mean, it is full of Premiership experience. It's not like, say, like a team that's been down in the past, say, like a St Mirren or, I don't know, like even Dundee United. When Dundee United went down, all of their players left them. Yep. So it's not like they've lost players. Um and then they brought in the, the biggest problem, I thought, or one of the certainly the biggest problems last season was goalkeeper. 
and they've got, you know, probably top five goalkeepers in the country mm. at, at this moment in time, and certainly been there as the, as the top goalkeeper of the country only what four four years ago. That's uh, I mean, I, I think where Hibs will be disappointed is that they probably had a wee bit more game time. Yeah. And I think they should be more attuned to things as heart, as opposed to hearts. I think I've only played three games on the Yeah. Um, uh, and another thing, well, maybe I'd a, a wee bit more with the, the kind of League Cup. But the other thing is they've come into Hibs after... A good start to the season, so it's not as if they're kind of being bottom six of the Premiership and Hearts are top of the, the Championships. They've they've actually been doing well and grinding out results, even when they've been playing poorly in the Premiership. But it's just the the big occasion against the biggest rivals has again just frightened them. Uh, although their goal, Dodge, that was a fantastic header. His glancing header, you know that. The skill to do that going backwards um, is definitely a skill. And it's good to score two really good headers because the first goal for Hearts, uh, Whiten's header was perfectly placed. He's really coming into his own in the Championship under Robbie Nielsen. It was a terrific cross from Ollie Lee. Um, no one challenging him, but no one there. He's yeah, picking him up and then who's picking up Whiten? You've got three at the back. Absolutely, we'll, picks them up. Yeah, we'll talk about not picking up players in the next semi-final. Um, but I'm going to concentrate on the, the good sides of the cross and the the header. Uh, penalties. I felt actually Hibs deserved a penalty for the first one that they didn't get, and not yeah. the second one which they did get, which is the way Scottish football seems to work anyway. Well, like it was two fouls for Hibs in that incident that they never yeah. get a penalty. And yet, yeah, oh, I, I thought that the yeah. initial one, and then when it went down, um, who was it that cut in? Was it? Oh, the, the boy cuts in, and then again he's been clipped. Boyle was involved in one of them. Boyle, I can't remember yeah. who was involved in the other one. To be honest, because there was one that there was the edge of the box, and then the balls then got to like the byline, not the byline, the, the but, goal line, and he's no, both at the byline, I think. Well, was the first one on the edge of the box? Nah. I'll take your word for it, John, because you're, you're quite knowledgeable in all these things. I don't think either penalty that was given was a penalty. Nah. I felt sorry for uh, Kevin Nisbet because obviously, unfortunately, we found out that his dad passed away. So to have the balls to step up and take that as shows real character. And I hate I hate what I see fans saying, Oh, you you're a professional footballer, you have to be sticking those chances, you know, you have to make sure that you score those goals and put yourself into that situation. You know, it is tense, it is hard to kind of concentrate. I've missed penalties at fives. It's a fine not... margin as well, like about an in, maybe an inch. Yeah. Lower, it, lower. It, it's it's like you know if it, if it's, just, if it's just two, if it's just inches to the side and a wee tiny bit lower, it's hitting the back of the net. There's no chance Gordon's getting there. It's just unfortunate the way he's just placed it too too far into the, the kind of uh, 
woodwork. Um, but boys, it's a way more than football is because, like, I've noticed a lot recently that any time a goal goes in, the keeper gets to blame no matter what happens. You know, I mean, the keeper's not good enough, the defence is not tight, even with Christie's goal. Um, I had people, more people moaning about the fact that Aberdeen never came out to chase her. Um, so. Well, yeah, but that's true. That's yeah, boy, can't we don't have enough time to talk about that other game. <laughs> so maybe we should head on to that game then, John? Well. Start talking about that game? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say it. So it was a fantastic one by the, the, the team for Glasgow, to be honest with you. Um, no. It was all right. I think, in general, it was a good win um, for Celtic, but... Um, Aye, it's well, it is what it is. So a good Scottish Cup victory. Aberdeen played well first half. I thought um, could have taken their chances and it could have been a different game. So, do you think for the the Christie goal? See, it's the Christ, Christie's finish was stunning. That's so, stunning. There's no two ways about it. For it to be stunning when you've got all the time in the world. (laughs) That is the problem. We have to comment on the defence. The fullback didn't track him close enough and then nobody came out quick enough. And that happened, you know, Derek McKenna said that happened too many times in the first half. It happened again in the second half, so I don't know what he said to them at half-time because it happened at least twice, I can remember, in the second half as well. They, they, They just caught in their feet. They just didn't push out and that's what happens if you give Christy that kind of time then that's what you can do and surely they know that because they had him there. We do it quite often against Celtic in terms of, I think sometimes you go like a man-for-man system so if that's a man-for-man Kennedy needs to step inside and deal with Christy as opposed to it seemed like Kennedy shifted responsibility to McClory whereas McClory was already Try to do something with Roderick. Yeah. So that was that was the issue. Um, the frustrating thing is, I felt in the first half we sat back a bit too much. However, early on, as you say, Tony, if I didn't take the chances, we had a couple of great chances when Kennedy and lost ten minutes. Beats Frimpon easily. It looks like he's going to have Frimpon on toast all day, and we don't take those chances. I, I, I've seen people talk about sharpness of Cosgo, whether if he's maybe a wee bit fitter, he maybe scores on there too. It's maybe not sharpness as much as. He's not got into that mode of scoring. Do you know what I mean? Maybe if he'd scored two or three games leading into it, it's different. Possibly. So, so his, his mentality is slightly different. He's kind of a, a wee bit rusty, I think. I think. The second word, I think, is a, a bit harsh. I, I think he's an awkward angle and the player, the defenders closed him down. I, 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 I think he's unlucky to get questioned on that. The first one, it could maybe have done better and maybe... A, a, a wee bit sharper he might have done yeah. but we have a great chance that's, as well. that's hindsight that's easy Where, when Wright puts in hedges and hedges yeah. use his right foot um, get the shot away, but just get no confidence and he has really has scored gold he has scored important goals this season so you would have probably wanted him in, in that chance but just in the other foot not maybe wanted the other way around yeah he's putting in right because right obviously would, would hit it with his right foot but or hedges, but on his left foot. It's so early on, first half, where they're actually creating all right chances. However, the other side is the coin. Edward's back in the team. 
Edward should score. When yeah, again, yeah, it's, it's, it's again probably a, a tiny bit Sharpness. of rustiness. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, but Rogic, do you know what see? You know, he must That's see, a word. Hmm. <laughs> he must see absolute dollar signs when he sees Aberdeen because he knows he's getting some sort of assist or goal bonuses. Well, I wish he'd seen the bloody Qatari dollars, right? Because it was supposed to be on his way. I thought, great, he's away to Qatar. Never to bother us ever again. And no, what happens last week? He comes in the team, sets up two goals. Yesterday, comes in the team. It just makes a difference. Yeah. I, I say it every time with Rodic, how he's not among maybe the top, two, the second player on the team sheet. I do not know. I know folk will talk about stamina and different things like that, but he seems as if. For a long time, isn't it? He's never really quite nailed a regular spot. He's so that's because you only really see him in big doses against Aberdeen. Oh, and he he's, is... he's always got a great touch. He's uh, yeah, the like... guy has height, his touch, his strength. He's so difficult and awkward to play against. I was watching yeah. the game when I was watching the game yesterday. My boy saying, "Why are we not getting tight to him?" I said, "See if you get tight to Rodgers, he'll just turn and spin you. Mm. you. You'll know. You'll know. See him." Um, I think the thing with Rodgers. Especially last season, and this is where stamina and fitness comes into it. Not if he's playing every week, but see, he, he, he will come off after 60 or 70 minutes, but he'll have a really good 60, 70 minutes. The problem is when he gets an injury, he then tries to come back from that injury. It takes him a whole lot longer to actually get back from that injury than somebody who can play 90 minutes week in, week out previously before getting injured. And I think what you've seen is he's got a pre-season under his belt. He has trained. He's, you know, the most talk of him leaving. He's got that fire in the belly and he can produce superb touches and superb passes and really good shots from distance. And he is a difference maker. And you can have him playing 60, team. 70 minutes over the strength that Celtic got because they can bring off the likes of Turnbull or other players in Jam. Yeah. Um, and but, maybe maybe if he for, gets a regular game and he's playing every week, he gets better, the stamina gets better because he's more yeah, match fit. 100%. But, but what I'm saying is for last season, coming back from an injury, it's just harder to get to that stage of played well for 60, 70 minutes. So then you can't have a passenger in the team, whereas now he is fitter. And you're seeing that his fitness is better and that's why he's then playing for these 60, 70 minutes well. And that's why you're back to where Roderick Jack was. It'll be interesting to see if somebody comes in sniffing around him in the, the, the winter transfer window. I, I don't think Celtic can afford to let him go now. Yeah, If he the continues to play that way. Yeah, he's the scourge of us and now Christie's doing the same. He's another one that likes a goal against us. Um, again, great player. I, I thought... And I seen the lineup at the start. I, I said, Christie and Emily say we'll not be playing wide. They'll be playing almost like tens as well. And the movement of Celtic's front four is what I think won them the game. And maybe a, a good, but not a good, a really good 25 minute spell in that first half. Because the problem, we were playing three at the back, but we actually weren't playing against a striker because Edward wasn't playing as a striker. He was dropping deep, he was mm, going out left. Time. He doesn't really occupy defenders. He wants people to move. None of our defenders moved with him. So it was like, who's picking them up? And that was the same for all of them. They were all interchanging really well and we just couldn't cope with it for that 25-minute spell. 
and that's what won tilt at the game because we created but, chances. Yeah, um, I things... think we had good chances, and I don't think we played badly. There's going to be the frustration, the fact that again at Hamden playing Celtic were beaten when I think there was a lot of expectation we could win this match. Um, I spoke about the poll earlier for the Hibs Hearts game. The poll for this game was a 50 50 split, I which think... you would not see the case in previous seasons, I don't think. I think Celtic have improved or had improved defensively against Aberdeen than they had shown previous weeks. Um, but again, as Tony said earlier in the pod, we again saw that they were susceptible to headers. And that's where teams will be switched on and will continue to press and push on them. And it doesn't help that you've not got two recognised centre-backs in, in the back. Uh, and Bain's not the best at collecting the ball. And that's where teams, I think, will have to kind of really have a go at Celtic and just test that. Again, the, the kind of fragility that sometimes seems to happen at set pieces. Um, I thought Celtic's best players, Rowich, uh, Christie and uh, Laxalt, I think he had a lot of um, energy on the left-hand side. Um, I think Aberdeen just have to kind of wonder if they've got some sort of Hamden mentality block, especially when it comes to Celtic. Um, I think it's just Celtic. You've got to remember as well, Celtic are remarkable domestically um, in, in cup competition. Yeah. Uh, the experience, that, that is, that is experience. Badly. And that's why I'm very interested to see what happens in the next two games with Celtic. Is that going to continue or is it that kind of hand in surrounding that kind of big occasion and domestically that they can get back up for or will they again start struggling because they are susceptible to, to certain things that's because, probably yesterday all close to what our best team is yeah but it's still it wasn't swashbuckling it wasn't the game wasn't put on beyond any doubt. They still create, you know, we, we have said that they could have conceded early um, and that would have been different. They still weren't a fully convincing team, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of the, the full the full week. Um, last week against Aberdeen, then dropping the, the two-goal lead against Leo, And, you know, it, it was far better result-wise against Aberdeen and they did play better. But can they keep that up? You know, it, it, this is a kind of pivotal point, I think, for Celtic is can they go on a run now or will they drop points in the next kind of two games? One in Europe or one run. Um, should say, should Aberdeen have had penalties? The corner whereby Brown um, obstructs Cosgrove. If the corner had been hit, that, that's possibly given, I think. No. It's a it's a weird one in terms of just because of the the timing of the referee's whistle, but I think Brown is just very clever in those situations. I don't I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's a, a, an automatic penalty. And there was a Duffy handball as well. That was so irrelevant. I can't even remember it. So it I can't have been. It was picked up by the. It was picked up briefly by the, the TV cameras, camera. but not mentioned. <laughs> um, is there a is there a special Aberdeen TV camera that picked? Oh, up? you. It's it was it's, it's 
if it'd been our way around, I'm pretty sure it'd be talked about more. <laughs> but I do, I think just sailed it that 25 minute spell, that's what killed the game. Aye, that, that, that's what done you in, really. That fifth, I wouldn't use 25 minutes, I think there was like 15 minutes where we got the two quick goals, and I think your head's kind of went down a wee bit towards the end of the half. He's came out fighting second half. Change shape, oh. shape the change of shape helped a bit. The two fundamentals of football, try in a big game like that not to concede the first 20 minutes. Aberdeen conceded in the 18th minute. And then the second fundamental is don't concede again too early. And then what was it, five minutes? Well, the defending was poor for the second as well. So five... looked like he was favourite for that ball. And then he's, he lets Roger shake the yeah. course in. And then I think Considine just needs to be yeah. brave and put a ball over his head. It was a bit like the Motherwell defending Aberdeen against Motherwell, but it was just not enough fight. And they just, get, they just kind of pathetically watched other teams score a goal, and that's how it kind of came across. Um, I think yeah, I agree with what you're saying, and everything, but I think we also need to touch on the fact that, sadly, um, it was a Good weekend with the the passing as Lucas, the former Hearts player. Um, during this, I think we came out not long after the cup semi final between Aberdeen and during the game. Was it during uh, Hearts? It was Hearts. Yeah, um, it came out during the game. But oh, and Hearts won. Um, I think. But if you to, to to show how kind of important he was uh, for Hearts, obviously the club captain when they won. Uh, 5-1 in 2012 against Hibs, probably the most famous Hearts victory, uh, certainly the most famous Hearts victory in my generation. Um, well, if you go, if you were on social media and you saw the Hearts fans commenting on the, the getting to a Scottish Cup final, beating Hibs at Hamden, it was very muted. There was more kind of, yeah, we've done it, thankfully got the result, but our hearts are with you know, Sir Lucas's family and, you know, they're, 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 they're kind of fallen captain. Um, uh, just a, a tragedy, you know, 36 years of age. Um, just, uh, you can't, you know, it, it, I think it's a, it's a point worth making that sometimes foreign players come to Scotland and just don't know what they're getting into. They don't know... It catches people off guard, um, and especially at Hearts during that time. You know, they had a turnover of players coming in from uh, Kaunas and various other places with Romanov. And Salukas had problems with discipline. He wasn't up to speed. He had mistakes within his game, but he digged deep, fell in love with Edinburgh, fell in love with Hearts, and they then fell in love with him because he became reliable and he became a passionate leader on the pitch. Yeah, I'd agree. He was just, I mean, he was just like one of the players that you always kind of remember the hearts in the late noughties, you know what I mean? Um, ah, it's just, it's just, just a shame, uh, you know. So the cup final will be the 20th of December. Can hearts win it? Repeat a last year's final, last season's final even. It seems like a one team they can win it I don't think they will but uh, they, they can win it you know what I mean um, 
they were the last team to win our cup, I think, before Celtic. Went on this. 11 trophies in a row. So long ago, I can't even remember. Uh, probably were, actually. 27, yeah, 2016. Scottish Cup final. Who did the beat in that one? Was, that... was it? Oh, was that no hips? The, the, the beat Hibs twice. What was he? Hibs Bear Rangers in the cup final. When was that? Fifteen. Oh, Hibs. Oh, was Hibs it? Aye, Hibs at Rangers. That's my blue puff for the podcast. We've all had one now. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, I think Hearts last season showed in the bigger games what they had more often than they did in the the week. The, they had a weaker opposition. That's why they ended up in the position that they did. I think they have got veterans who will get the team up for the game. <sighs> On paper, it should be Celtics. should be no doubt about it. But I've just got a sneaky feeling that Hearts might pull off the upset. They were the ones that stopped the Invincibles. They were the ones that kind of had Celtic's number for a while. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't think it's cut and dried. I would have been more concerned if I'd been Hibs, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I'd have been more worried with it being Hearts. Um, we need to, we need to like keep this wee bit for the, the podcast and the week of the the week after the Scottish Cup <laughs> final when Hearts beat you. Listen, I'm, I'm fully confident <laughs> in this one, actually, because... Rogic, A record of Hamden is a lot better. Had this been in Lennon's first season, as ma- first term as manager, I'd have been more concerned. If the game was played at Tynecastle, I'd have been more concerned. With it being a Hamden and a record, I'm... I'm yeah, I'm, I'm not too... At this minute in time, I'm not too worried as of yet. Is it not, though, fate-wise, the biggest kind of thumb to the nose from Hearts to the whole of Scottish football to win the Scottish Cup, to beat the current champions, the current, you know, quad, was it quadruple treble winners? Uh, possible quadruple treble winners? Is it not within the fates of God that it be them on the season that they get they feel that they were unjustly relegated and that they they think Peter Lobel played a big part in that, that it would be them that then sunk that nail in the you know, that nail in the coffin of the kind of era of Celtic winning and everything. Plus I suppose that's how that's how they kind of that's their revenge on everything. Well an Andy Halliday winner. <laughs> I suppose Stephen, if you're being honest, it depends if you think they were unjustly relegated. You know what I mean? No, but, um, but they do. That's what I'm saying. They, they do. Yeah, they, they do. But yeah, it's just. Well, that's another story, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I just, I, I just think we should have more than enough to be hearts. I mean, I know they've got. I said they've got like Premiership players and what have you. But if it was a Tyne Castle, but a full Tyne Castle crowd, I would be more concerned. But Hamden. Plus Greg Gordon. 
Craig Gordon makes a miraculous save. Yeah, I've, I've read. Yeah. You know, Craig Gordon uh, scores a winner. That's an even better story. <laughs> Do you know what? Rand Budge runs on. She so... scores a winner. Craig, Craig Gordon was good. I, I, I won't deny him that. And I thought he was a decent keeper. But people forget when he was a Celtic when he used to charge at the box thinking he was a karate kid. You know what I mean? Like doing two fifty challenges and all this kind of thing in Europe. Um, and he's he had his moments. He's better. He's better than what we've got. But he he wasn't always as good as what people are making him out to be at this man in time. That's that's my point. And I, I think he's a good keeper. But one game against Hibs doesn't mean yeah back to. Uh, but, but we're not basing it. We're not basing it. We're not basing it on one game against Sims. We're basing it on his full. Oh no, I'm not saying him. The, the podcast before, is, but there's, there's people in the papers that are going overboard about God. He made good saves and he had a great game. I'll, I'll give him that. But I, there was plenty of times when he had shockers at Celtic. Yeah, plenty of times. I, 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 I would argue not plenty. I would argue he had a few, but not plenty. We'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> the, the, the final's not going to get played anyway. It's been 2022 when the final gets played, so it doesn't matter. So, the lower league, um, we saw the prediction game last week. Scott, you were representing the podcast team. Indeed. And the results were not good for you, basically. <laughs> so, Ali has pulled it back to 2-1. I saw, I, I saw it just what, on the 60-minute mark, and I was winning. And then at full time, my team's obviously just decided that they would crumble. So I think we should just do it after 60 minutes. After 60 minutes, aye. The 60 minute production (laughs) game. Aye. Um, Yeah, well. So Ali, he was right in terms of Dundee and Wraith over being a draw Uh, with that. He was also right with Cove beating Thistle. Even though he even though he had predicted Cove to be in a relegation battle, he's now changed his tune. So I've been having words with him about Bye. that. <laughs> the Edinburgh City Elgin, I don't think either. I, you, you both went for a draw, I think. And Edinburgh won, yeah. Edinburgh won, so. Aye. Just 2-1, we're still ahead. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, it's my turn for the prediction, so... We'd said before the podcast started that Tony, you would predict a game from the yep. Championship, a game from League One, and a game from League Two. So, so start with the Championship. Where is uh, your, your the game? Top, the top game there, looking at it, uh, I mean, just to let you know what the fixtures are the Friday night game in BBC is Alloa against Dundee. Then you've got a broth v Queen of the South, Air versus Dunfermline. Wraith Rovers v Morton. The game I would think would probably be the big, decent one would be Hearts versus Inverness. Hearts versus Inverness, right, okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that's probably the big game in the championship. So, what are you going for, Hearts Inverness? Let's see. I think I will go for Hearts to win 3 1. 3-1 to the jump tarts. 3-1 to hearts. Okay. So, League 1, the games that we have is... Let's have a look here. 
Dumbarton play tomorrow. So we've got on Saturday Airdrie versus Clyde, Cove versus Forfer, East Fife versus Dumbarton, Montrose versus Peterhead, Partick Thistle versus Falkirk. I think that'd be quite a good game, Thistle versus Falkirk, because Thistle obviously to try to get points back, and Falkirk are obviously chasing promotion. Yep. Um... See, I feel we've had uh, David McCracken on the podcast with Falkirk, good guy. Partick Thistle, I think, could be in a situation whereby maybe they're going to lose into habit from last season. They've already started probably with two losses in three games. I will go for Falkirk to win this one, 1-0. Falkirk to win 1-0. League 2, let's see what we've got. So League 2's games is Annan versus Albion Rovers, Brecon versus Stirling, Elgin versus Queen's Park, Stenny versus Edinburgh City and Stranraer versus Cowden Beath. Uh, where are Elgin in the league actually? Where are they? Elgin are second and Queen's Park are top, so uh, I've just had a look, so that's probably gonna be the game, isn't it? Uh, Elgin Queen's Park. Right, cheers for that one. Right. <laughs> I I might Queen's Park haven't conceded mm. but Elgin are scoring lots of goals so Queen's Park going to go for 1-0 to Elgin Elgin have scored three goals at home Queen's Park have scored one goal away aye going to Elgin I don't think Queen's Park will enjoy the journey at the weekend. Long journey. Yeah, so, <laughs> long journey home for them as well. So, uh, going yeah, Hearts to beat Inverness 3-1. I'm going Park at this one, 0, Falkirk 1. And I'm going Elgin 1, Queen's Park 0. And we'll wait and find out what Mr Graham's predictions are. We'll see what they are. It's not good games, to be honest with you. Aye, you've, you've picked some hard. I mean, aye, some tough ones there, aye. Mm-hmm. So, just talking briefly before we, we wrap up, um, did then you see the thing about the Air United game with the live stream and they kept going to the guy with the, the linesman with the bald hair because <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the football? <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> I'd seen that originally on Twitter and I'd seen it on the television. Um, apparently, I went on through the whole game that I kept thinking because I think it was that AI something yeah. the AI stuff that been... used yeah and, it, and every time the ball kind of went high up I would then get distracted with the linesman's head <laughs> so I kept going to the linesman and then going back um, that's, that's what makes Scottish football to be honest it's stuff like that it certainly makes us unique that's for sure yeah. you don't you get that find, down here in England you always find different ways to sabotage your game <laughs> Plenty of goals in the championship as well on Saturday. Sixteen goals in four games. Also, but your opinion, John? I saw that Pollock have signed a lot of their players onto new contracts. 
So contract extensions to 2022 and 2023. So kind of, we were talking about what teams would do if they weren't playing the, the leagues and stuff. So it seems they're at least committing themselves to the next season, which was interesting for that level. Yeah. Paul, like a couple in a position where Biden financially they can maybe afford to do that. I think some players have already gone out and moan towel, but I've still not heard what the situation is going to be. Um, the announcement last week was that they're in the draw for the Scottish Cup when it comes, but I would imagine they can't, they're not going to play in it when they've withdrawn already from the the league. So there's been other situations where other teams, I think, after they have released all their players. Yeah, um, I've seen that. Uh, they're looking for like new owners as well, I think. Um, <laughs> To look after the club as well, just with, with the running and everything. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the section should be as well in terms of loan in that tier, in terms of who'll be paying the wages as well, with, whether there's some kind of agreement with 50 50 split or whatever. I don't, I really don't know. Um, we might, maybe Donald um, or West of Scotland Football League expert might know a wee bit more in terms of what's going on behind the scenes in the background. But yeah. I think Paul, like they want a bit of continuity. They'll be hoping that they can be as good as they, they were um, when they return. Because it would be difficult if you were to lose all your players and you're having to put a whole team together again. Mm. Especially when you're not making money. I think it's, it's a good commitment to the players who, you know, that they're not all going to find clubs. And it's... It's just good for the club in a, in a whole that they, that they know when football does return that they've got a, a nice core of players that they can rely on. Uh, it's it it's easier when you're a ball like as opposed to maybe like Sam York or Luger because players yeah. want play for the bigger clubs and that's yeah. more different than whether it's Scottish Premier League or whether it's at the West of Scotland level. So, but yeah, definitely good commitment for them. As I say, I tell what side of things I don't know what's going on. They've, they've let one player go out and loan, but that was a new signing, some Ohio young guy. Um, so, so what, what's going on at the moment then with regards to that league situation? Because obviously there's a lot of clubs pulling out of the league and everything. Is it just going to be friendlies at the minute? Or? Oh, it's, it started. Um, but just without the, the teams? In the Premiership, there's 15 teams. We'll play right. seven games a weekend. One takes a bye. The conference will be a bit different, but. You've got some of the conference teams are still with John, so Dalry, they withdrew be middle to the end of last week. Yeah. And I think there still might be the case that that will happen because there's a deadline on the 15th of November, which is still what, a couple of weeks away. Mm. Games already, they're, they're struggling in terms of games getting maybe called off or having to get switched menus and different things like that. Lockdown might happen. Lockdown might happen. The whole situation still about the shower oh, thing yeah. and all that type of thing, and this winter weather. And I just as a shambles credit to the teams that want to take part and get on with it. But are you are you totally looking after the welfare of players and allowing them not to have showers after the games when they've maybe got an hour journey after the game? This way, it's. Tough one. Tough I, th- one. I think unfortunately it shows the inequality between the lower professional league teams and the West of Scotland and you know the likes, the the junior teams with regards to money. 
against Pumpton. Um, and I think going well, forward, the thing is, you'd be maybe surprised, but there'd be some of your top West of Scotland league teams will play probably potentially as much as what some of the League One teams play. See, I, f- I find that amazing because like the amount of clubs are pulling out saying they can't afford what I presume they're the lower end of the scale no. compared to the top ones. There's a mixture. So the likes are Talbot, Comnick, Glen Afton, Pollock and Coburnie are potentially five of your better supported teams. Mm. So actually it makes more sense at that level that you are going to pull out because you're not getting the fan income. How are you going to pay the wages? How are you going to do all the other different things? There was that. There are, but don't get me wrong, there has been some smaller clubs, but maybe the smaller clubs don't. They will rely on the fan income coming through the gate, but not quite as much because there's not many as fans coming through the doors. So, you know, like in that scenario, like you've got the lower league teams in the professional league, are they getting help or financial help somewhere else? Because they must be in the same kind of boat, but with less fans. I dare say there'll be talks to try and get some kind of financial support, but mm. whether it's, it's forthcoming, it's the, 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 the concentration of the government was to get the the professional league, well, much as the West is going now, now professional, to get the top tiers back up and running because maybe it brings more money in and all that type, type of thing. But It'll be a lot down to committees and fans and things like that in terms of finances. As again, the teams want to put their fans in, they're both Button because they know that they can't get in. They probably can't stream to the same degree. They um, can stream, but maybe not, maybe not charge for it. It's usually it's like from what I've seen so far, it's a lot of Facebook streams and different things like that, whereby they're just happy for folk to be able to watch the games. So that's what I'm saying for people for teams that aren't participating. They, they probably think that it's maybe an expense if they want their fans to do it. They're then wanting to give them something a bit better quality. Um, and I would imagine some of the bigger teams have probably looked at it and thought the season's not going to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and you know, there's not going to be promotion, there's not going to be a significance to it. I, I can see why teams wouldn't participate. I mean, I've, I've said all about for a long time, I don't think the season will finish. I, I just cannot see it happening. Yeah. And when they made the, when they made the announcements about the the conferences and there'll be no promotion relegation, effectively they are glorified friendlies. And there'll be the argument, and rightly so, that it's good for these guys in terms of it's maybe an outlet at the weekend in terms of they're maybe working, knocking a pan in all week, um, whatever job they're doing, etc. And it's an outlet for these boys because they've been used to playing football for however many years that they played football. It helps their mental health and different things like that. We obviously had Robert Love on. And he was he was talking about it and there is that bigger impact. Um tough decisions all around. When if you were an owner of a club, or you know, what would you do? Hmm. I, I was literally just thinking about him there when you were talking there about when he was saying about he was having to finish work and then travel all the way down like fifty minutes on the train. Um, and his training gear and all that kind of thing. He'd be having some teeth in the train. Uh, and, and, you know, and that was before COVID and everything. So God knows where the restrictions and everything are now with COVID and transport-wise and, you know, when when they're going in um, in the locker room and everything. So aye, there's, there's so much that needs to be taken into consideration for the players as well as the actual club owners. And it's, 
It's above a minefield, to be honest with you. I think as well, we'll see players retiring as well. Early from the game because he'll think, can you go a year without playing football and up and get back up to scratch? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. You know, once you stop playing, you stop playing, and yeah, if you're at a certain age, your body will just get used to not playing, and then try to get kicking that back into into gear will be just too difficult for some people, unfortunately, at that to to get back to that level. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, but uh, hopefully, we should have Donald on next week. As I say, he's a West of Scotland footballer, gets better. He knows about even more than myself. So, um, should mention, we mentioned, touching on it earlier, Scotland score gets announced tomorrow. Uh, we had Ian Emerson on from the Tottenham Magazine. Well, after the last games or before the last games, even. So, the magazine is now out. Tottenham Magazine. So, if you search that on Google, you will find it. TottenhamMagazine.com. Good read. Um, good John, the other John, he's done a few articles for it as well. So, uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Or I've, read, even. Yeah, I've had a wee browser since he was on. Definitely worth it. I'd recommend it to everybody. Um, and John's doing a series of specials this week as well in the build up to the, the Scotland playoff match against Serbia. Um, so, he did one today earlier on, Paul Mitchell. He's got Craig Brown on later in the week. And he has somebody else in the way later on in the week. I can't remember who it is now. Uh, Gordon Screech. Yeah. Uh, I, think he's, I think he's done some stuff for the magazine as well. Uh, well, that's going to annoy me now. I need to find out. The Tartan Scarf. Yeah. It's a very good website for anybody who's interested in Scottish football. Or the Scottish national team, sorry. So I probably, probably muddled his surname, but never mind. Aye. Uh, but Ian will be back on for the podcast after the playoff. He's confirmed it's coming on. So it be good getting back on. And he's hoping that we're celebrating a, a victory, obviously, as we all are. Mm. Fingers crossed. Could be a, a boozy one that night. <laughs> Although I don't think, I think Tony thinks we're already it. So. I shall wait and hold judgment <laughs> until afterwards. You know me, ever the optimist. Another Celtic fan. Damn right. Too, too, <laughs> many, too, too many disappointments in life to be happy and optimistic about football. Um, what's our goal of the weekend then is it Christy Christy yeah I think so although he was helped with an assist from Roger no I know I know but I just wanted to say Roger I don't know how much John likes it aye it's (laughs) alright that that contract that we gave you the other week to be a regular that can get ripped up aye (laughs) (laughs) aye Anything else you guys want to discuss before we wrap up? I think we probably covered everything that was yeah, I think uh, so. relevant and topical in the, the week. Um, obviously, next week we'll preview the Scotland game, the playoff, mm. a bit about the West of Scotland Football League, and then just the general weekend action as well. And probably COVID. Maybe lockdowns, who knows. Mm. So, cheers, guys. 
Oh, thank thanks you. for having us. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>